Hi, I'm Mary-Kate. And I'm Carl, and this is Everything Changed, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Where we explore all the best moments, themes, and discuss why it's one of the best animated series of all time. And we are back for another Everything Changed, an Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch. How are you doing, Carl? Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. What did you do today? Nothing. What did you do today? (laughs) I worked... I did a little personal writing, went on a little bit of a run, and then caught up on these episodes so that we were ready for for the podcast. So we both did nothing. Great. So we both did nothing. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. And I hear you're headed back to work on Monday in these quarantine times. Yep. How do you feel about that? Very excited. going to miss doing nothing, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Cool. Well, you can do nothing on the weekends. Yeah, that's true. And during the week, just at a different location than my house. Yeah, exactly. So honestly, what is life if not nothingness? I don't know. They're very profound. Very profound. Okay, well, let's hop right in. We have two episodes today to cover the waterbending scroll and jet. And you have been honored with regaling us with a summary of the waterbending scroll. So take it away. Okay, it's been a little while for us since we last recorded. So I had to jump back into it here. But in terms of the episode, it takes place immediately after the two-parter, the Winter Solstice two-parter. So Aang's just found out. He has a timetable for learning all the elements. And Katara's like, oh, well, I can teach you waterbending since we're still a few weeks away from the North Pole. As I've mentioned before, Appa has a limited travel speed in this first season. And so they go to practice waterbending. And it turns out Aang's really good. He's very naturally talented. He's already mastered airbending. So it makes sense that he's really good at waterbending and Katara gets kind of jealous and then they go into town and they're looking for something and they come across some pirates who have managed to steal a waterbending scroll and Katara steals it and they get chased out of town and then she's trying to learn the move, one of the moves on the waterbending scroll, but she's not getting it and Aang gets it right away and they have a bit of a confrontation where she yells at Aang. And Aang's just a sweet little kid. And then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then Zuko is tracking them down. Iroh has lost a Paisho tile. So they go to a market to try and buy one. And they get wind that Aang and Katara and Sokka were recently there. Or a bald monk kid was there. They're like, that must be Aang. So they go on the water searching for the gang. And Katara is up in the middle of the night trying to work on the water bending move. And they catch her. And then pirates capture Aang and Sokka, and there's a whole brawl that goes on, and there's a three-way fight between our gang, Zuko's men, and pirates, and eventually everybody gets away, and the day is fine, and that's the cool. episode. Pretty good. Pretty good recap. So let's just hop right into favorite moments. Katara doing the uh, water whip, and Aang being proud of her for doing it, kind of gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought all the Katara Aang stuff was like really relatable and really cute in this episode. One of my favorite moments is kind of toward the end of the fight with the pirates and the Fire Nation, where Katara and Aang are waterbending together. And like the music is like really like lovely and it's like teamwork, you know? Yes, teamwork. I think actually my favorite moment is when Iroh is like, are you too busy fighting to see that your ships have set sail? And Zuko's like, Uncle, this is no time for proverbs. And he's like, it's no proverb. And That's so and funny, because I wrote that down as well. Yeah. As one of my- <laughs> this is no time for proverbs. What of your proverbs, Uncle? So funny. And then at the end, he's like obsessed with the monkey shrine thing that's in the pirate's store. 
He's like, that's a handsome monkey. <laughs> it's like this weird, like, curio. What's a curio, Katie? I don't even know. Okay, so neither do the pirates. A curio is just like an oddity, like a strange thing, like a talisman or like a little, a, a piece of something, you know? An artifact, if you will. No, that was, that was basically, okay, artifact, got it. A piece of um, something could literally be anything, Katie. Well, it kind of is. Curios are kind of anything. They're like the little like trinkets. They could be, you know, perhaps enchanted, perhaps not. I really liked that moment, too, about the ship setting sail and the Proverbs. Turns out Iroh and I have like the same philosophies about shopping, which I really loved. When he was like, we might not need anything, but we might find something that we want. And I was like, you know what? That's... That's the most relatable moment to me so far. He says, there's only one thing better than finding what you were looking for. Finding things that you weren't looking for at, at a, a good great price. price. Yeah. Relatable, honestly. I was like, hmm, okay. I'd love to shop with Iroh. I feel like he'd be like very like patient and he'd help you find like the best deals. I don't think he cares about the deals so much. He's like a rich royalty. I think he was just happy to find a bunch of stuff that he wanted. <laughs> You it's like fun I mean? at a good price, though. I feel like it's like fun to find something at a good price. It's why thrift yeah, but he's shopping always is so been fun. royalty, Katie. So like, yes. he doesn't have any concept of money. I would venture to guess. Yes, probably not. He probably hands Zuko a ten and tells him to go see a Star War one yeah. or whatever. Like, go um, see a Star War. Go see a Star War. A couple other of my favorite moments. I really enjoyed Katara freaking out and then Aang like on the brink of tears and then her apologizing immediately. I just thought that was like really sweet. Like, she's still, like, yeah, good, she's a you know? character. Yeah, yes, but, like, good-hearted. problems, yeah. And then I also really loved the moment, all the Katara Zuko stuff with the honor and the necklace and Zuko playing the pirates with the water-bending scroll. I just, like, liked that scene. Yeah, yeah, Zuko's manipulative in this episode. But did he really think that Katara was going to, like, betray Aang for a necklace? No, but, like, how he, like, goes behind her and, like, puts it around her neck. It was, like, kind of sensual. Yeah, you know, he knows how to do it. He knows, he knows how to play up. the game, Katie. We'll get into more manipulations in the next episode, but I thought that was cool. And you could really see, True. like, Zuko, like, flexing his, like, skills, you know? Yeah, yeah, against these pirates. We've only seen him kind of against Aang, who's the Avatar, and Zhao, who's, like, you know, a high-ranking military official. So seeing him against, you know, some average Joes, as it were, is, is kind of interesting. And it puts him in perspective as a actual threatening potential villain. Yeah, exactly. It's the first thing we're like, oh, he's actually like really a skilled manipulator. And I can see he's got some uh, tricks up his sleeve, which is cool. So themes. Lay it on us. What themes did you pull? Work hard or something. Work hard or die trying, girl. <laughs> That's right. It's a good Bob's Burgers reference. <laughs> you know, like, Katara's not very good at it right away, and she gets frustrated. Don't take your frustrations out on your friends or, you know, people that you care about. And Aang's really talented at it right away, and... There's something there. There's something there. Well, we see that theme pop up again in season two with Azula and Zuko and her just being so talented at firebending. And, you know, Zuko's mom even says, you know, you're going to have to try, like, you're going to have to work hard. It's going to be a struggle for you. Yeah. And right. I, I think it can be really difficult, especially if it's a friend. It's almost harder when it's a friend than an enemy. If they're better than you at something that you really like doing. Right. But I think without trying, especially. Yeah, just like naturally gifted. And there are people in this world that are super... I, Papa once told me, Papa's our dad. I don't really know why we call him Papa, but we, we do. But he once We're told from, me... We're uh, from East Europe. <laughs> Eastern European family. Papa, can you hear me? Yes, indeed. But he once told me that in every room I'm in, there will be somebody who is worse than I am, and somebody who's better, somebody who's not as smart, and somebody who's smarter, somebody who's 
less attractive, somebody who's more attractive. And like that always stuck with me because I think that that's not accurate at all. Well, I'm like a really ambitious person. And I just feel like when you are ambitious, like Katara is really ambitious about, especially being good at waterbending, you can lose sight of the fact that you're on your own journey and learning isn't a competition. Everybody learns at their own pace. Everyone's on their own trajectory. Beautiful sentiment. Inaccurate information. What are you talking about? That's inaccurate. I've walked into tons of rooms where I'm, I'm in a room with myself right now. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, then you're like missing the metaphor. I think you need to go hang out with Iroh for a little bit longer. I, I think you're right. We should go shopping sometime. Honestly, I think you're missing it. The point is, is that everyone's on a scale and everyone is learning and growing and developing at their own pace. And you can't compare yourself with other people. They say that comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that that is okay, very I'll, I'll be cognizant of that. Just keep that in mind, Carl, as you navigate. And also, jealousy is an ugly shade. It gets everyone in trouble in this episode. Katara's jealous, so she does the rash thing to leave the group at night to go practice and gets caught. Even Iroh says, yeah, it is your fault to her. When Aang is like, sweet, he's like, it's not your fault. It's it's not your fault, Katara. He's like, actually, it kind of is. (laughs) I know. I was like, whoa, dang. She's not even your niece. He's right. He's right. He, uh, right. he feels comfortable. He's, he's helping everybody else on their journey. He knows what she needs to hear, Katie. It's true. And I think that that also is about obsession and how it can get you in trouble. There is a difference between ambition and obsession. And if you don't mm, know the difference, go read Macbeth. Yes, of course. Macbeth. I'll watch mm. The Lion King instead. That is Hamlet. But, you know, honestly, fair I, enough. Shakespeare. <laughs> yes. I, 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 just, I just wanted to watch a good movie is what I'm saying. Okay, you're like, had nothing to do with Shakespeare. I just really love a lion. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just, you just bored me, so I better go and watch a movie. Oh my gosh. Actually, The Lion King is the first movie I cried at when Mufasa died because I thought that was the end of the movie. I was like, why would you take me to this? Like, what is that? What are you, an idiot? <laughs> I what was so was little. The, I, it doesn't matter. Stupid, okay. Foolish. Moving on to other bits and pieces and other thoughts. So Iroh's looking for a lotus tile, and he had it up his sleeve all along. So do we have any thoughts on this? Do you think the stop was planned? I think think it's completely not intentional to be such a big, prominent point later on in the series. Yeah. I think they were just like, what should we call this thing? Oh, you know, Iroh references, maybe Paisho was, I, I think if it was supposed to be that, he would have been playing that in the first episode. I think we talked about that in our first episode. I think if it was meant to be, High Show was meant to be, and of the Lotus, White Lotus, the Order of the White Lotus was supposed to be a thing, I think that he would have been playing that in the first episode. And I don't think, maybe they had it figured out by now. It's just sort of like a fun little, hey, ooh, the Kenite viewer and the rewatcher will be able to notice this upon rewatch. But I'm not sure. I think it, it might just be a fun little thing. Okay. Okay. I just wondered if maybe he, like, Well, I don't know. I can't really tell. And I'm sure that the creators will be listening to this podcast and they'll probably let us know. Or Adam Orban will will give us the 411. But that's a really bad inside joke. The the expert on everything. The expert. We call him in when we need it, when we're in a clutch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I just feel like it was just like so random to be like, I'm missing this one tile. Like, let's stop here. Like, I feel like he like either had to meet with someone there this was part of a larger thing, or he had a gut feeling that like Aang would be there or that there would I be. I mean, it's like an actual tile. So it's very possible. And he's always playing Pai Show. So I think he lost it. And then he was like, I need to get another one. He probably always takes it with him. 
just I'm trying to work it in. I'm trying to retcon it because again, like I said, I don't think it was planned. But he, he probably always keeps it on him just in case you know he gets into a situation and he has to he needs help from someone in the White Lotus just to prove like you know, hey, I know what's up without saying anything. And so he probably had it in his sleeve, thought that he lost it. He's like, all right, let's stop and get a thing. And then through you know the force, it just randomly worked out that they heard where Ang was. That's not how the force works. That's how the force works. I know how the force works. I wrote the force. <laughs> okay. George Lucas and I back in 77. Hashtag <laughs> Star Wars. Cool, cool. Yeah. It's weird he never mentions that. Well, you know, uh, I don't like to. You like to keep I, your end on he's, he's the keeper of the flames. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Cool. And also um, working with a uh, negative 28-year-old kid. You know, it, it, there were some questions. There were some questions that no one had time to answer back then. That's right. That's right. Go ahead. Cool. So our gang goes into a pretty like seedy shop. So my question to you is, what's the seediest place slash shop you've ever been? I went, I had hookah one time with my friends uh, in Minneapolis. And it was so weird. It was like the the weirdest experience I've ever had. It was not my thing at all. I was going to say, did you like it? Did you smoke it? I did not. I did. I was like, why would people do this? That's so random. I know. It was an experience, but it wasn't an experience I particularly enjoyed. What's the seediest establishment you've ever been in? Oh, man. Um, I don't even know. I guess I recently was in New Orleans, and my friends and I went to this place called The Dungeon. <laughs> and we thought it was going to be, like, super, like, edgy and, like, kind of, like, bdsm And it's, like, a famous place in New Orleans. And we went, and it was so... It was, like, Disney World. Like, it was so, like, silly and, like, not scary. I don't know. Actually, probably the scariest places I've ever been are ones where I've been, like, traveling alone. Just by the mere fact that I'm traveling alone. But okay. no, I didn't say scariest. Else. You said, like, tedious. tedious. Okay, right. Okay. I guess... I don't know. I try to keep a good head on my shoulders. Especially when you're alone. <laughs> Especially when I'm alone. So I, I go over to the UK a couple times a year for work, and I usually try to get like another quick trip on there. But it is it is interesting to travel by yourself, being like a young woman in a different country where you don't speak the language or anything. But it's all good. Uh, you speak we, English, but okay. Well, like in Portugal, they don't speak English. So like navigating that is like really, it was really right. interesting. I did. Anyway. I did. A couple other bits that I like before we move on to the next episode. I really enjoyed Sokka being cheeky with the pirates, being like, imagine how much the Fire Lord would pay you for the Avatar. And Aang's like, shut up. But Sokka's yeah, like, he, like I just love out. him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, also, he's, he's too smart for his own good. That's like exactly what needed to happen in that moment. Like, he sorted it out. Yeah, right. Also, he I has think. no concept of what a flute is. Is that right? Because Aang gets that little, like, bison whistle, and he's like, this is not the time to be practicing your flute. And I just, like, I think he just, you know, he's not a musician, KB. He's a, <laughs> he's a warrior. That's true. He's slash a warrior. makeup artist. Slash YouTube makeup artist. Tutorial. Oh, my God. I would love to watch that tutorial. All right. All right. Should we move on to Jet? Yes. So there is a group of little lost boys led by Jet who is a bit of a rogue and Jet and the Lost Boys end up rescuing Angatar and Sokka from some Fire Nation soldiers after Sokka says that his instincts will lead them to not be attacked by the Fire Nation. He invites them back and he introduces them to all the freedom fighters, AKA the Lost Boys and shows them their hideout up in the trees. And they kind of have like this cool sort of like dinner to celebrate beating the Fire Nation and saving the gang there's some like romance happening with jet and katara which i'm going to get into a bit more here in a second but Sokka is like soups suspicious 
about Jet and basically tries to tell Guitar and Aang that, like, he's not what he says he is. He is going to hurt innocent civilians. And Aang and Katara aren't having it. And they decide instead they're going to, like, help Jet with his next mission. And it's to save a, a nearby Earth Kingdom town. But his real intent is to basically destroy the town, drowning the village, sacrificing the innocent lives there to destroy the Fire Nation soldiers that are posted at that town. Sokka escapes the clutches of a couple other of the freedom fighters and warns the town that they will be flooded out and they all evacuate the town in time. And Jet has a big old fight with Aang and Katara after he's manipulated them into producing the water that will drown out the town. And Katara learns the hard way that you can't trust everyone. And that is essentially yeah. the plot. Yeah. And we meet Mrs. Pretty. Yes, the, little doll. the doll of the little Earth Kingdom girl. <laughs> like, Mrs. Pretty. <laughs> so I, I, I like to imagine that's like the most popular doll in the Earth Kingdom. I spend a right, lot of my time. It's like their their Barbie. Yes, yes. Mrs. Pretty. Mrs. Pretty. <laughs> I love She's it. She's married. Good on her. That means that means that there's a Mr. Pretty. I need to I need would, it. I need it. One would one would surmise. Yeah, so uh, I have a question about the title, I guess, and the main character's name. Every character in the show, Ang, Katara, Saab, Min, Lu, whatever, it, it's all very Asian, but Jet. Where, like, how did that go down in the writer's room? Like, what are we going to call this guy? How about uh, Ka Yin? Uh, how about Jet? All right, yeah, Jet. Let's go with Jet. That's fine. That'll work. Like, how did Unless that happen? Unless it's not his real name. Unless it's a name he yeah, gave Yeah, why did he choose Jet? It's not like they have Jets in the Avatar world. He was like, Ooh, Maybe Jet, it's short that's... for, like, Jet Sao or, like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's, like, a short. I don't know. Maybe our listeners know more about, like, maybe. why Maybe they Jet. know how to use Google. We don't. Google. We obviously don't. Um, I don't never used a computer. <laughs> never. You know, we don't even have electricity in my house. We're very Amish. Well, Katie, Maybe that's the ridiculous. writers were just listening to Paul McCartney's Jet, and they're like, this song is awesome. Let's name this character Jet. Let's break our world building and just go on ahead and give our this character the name Jet. Very okay, Western so, name. Very Western name. Michael... When we were watching this, he was like, I don't trust this guy. Like, the minute he was on screen. And I was like, dang, good good spot. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got an eye for those things. He, and he knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. Yes, he yes, knows. they do. <laughs> There's more than one way to skin a cat. Did you just fall over? Hey, please don't. No, I just, I, dro- I dropped my phone <laughs> on my <laughs> desk. <laughs> okay. Cool, let's pop into favorite moments. Okay, um, I really like the fight between Aang and Jet. He's able to hold his own, and they're in the trees. It's a fun thing where his airbending is utilized in an interesting way that you haven't really seen before, where he can jump around and blow some wind through the trees and what have you. And Jet's able to hold his own against, you know, a master airbender without having any bending abilities, which is pretty cool. And he has interesting weapons. They're like swords, but they're like rounded at the top so he can like swing around trees and stuff he's just an interesting new type of fighter that we haven't seen in the action in the show yeah and like a really complicated character too i think eh. i think so i think that one of I the, get him. the main themes is like right versus wrong is it complicated or isn't it and we'll get into that in a second but yeah i think that fight's cool too my favorite moment is when they're fighting the fire nation and then jet like comes up to Katara and he's like hey She's like, hi. Uh, yeah, he like runs like right up to her. Yeah, it's like, oh my he's god. A, he's able to spot him away. Yeah. 
very, very smooth. And then he's like, Katara, hold on to me. And they're like ascending up to the hideout. And it's like really like romantic, like in Katara's mind. And then Aang flies by. He's like, nice place you got. Like, like breaking yeah. the moment. It's really cute. One thing that I don't get, another thing that I don't get about this episode is I think coming up in like two or three episodes, we have the fortune teller episode where Aang's super jealous of Katara. And yeah. even before sort of in the Kiyoshi episode, he's really jealous. And I was surprised that there was nothing... With that, I guess Jet is just, like, so overwhelmingly charismatic that Aang's able to, like, he's, like, wooed by Jet also, you know? I think so, because Jet's like, you You were both really good. I was really impressed with you both out there. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, he's, yeah, he's a good manipulator. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I liked the part where Katara and Jet fight, and she says, you became the traitor when you stopped protecting innocent people. I think that's a good, a good... Oh, beautiful. Good mom. Yes, agreed. So let's talk about manipulation and manipulative people. Okay. Obviously, some of the themes are being guided by vengeance isn't the same as being guided by making things right. And like our instincts, I really pulled a lot of instincts or a lot of funny jokes, but equally instincts for right versus wrong are really strong. And I think that we sometimes push our instincts aside and we shouldn't. If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And this is actually advice that I've given new starters at my job. Like I have to talk to people who like start working at Beasley and kind of give them advice every now and then or like interns. And I always talk about how if you're at a job and it doesn't feel like it's the right culture or or people are doing like the right thing or if they're not being honorable, it's probably because they aren't. And it's better to leave mm-hmm. a job where your gut instinct tells you to leave than stay in one just because you needed a job at the moment. So love that theme. The gang could have used you in this episode. Where were you? Honestly, I was shopping with Iroh, so... (laughs) Okay, right. Okay, that makes sense. Definitely. Also, I pulled out, like, fighting for freedom, but at what cost? Like, what is the cost of freedom? Yeah, they're talking about beating the Fire Nation, but it's like, eh, if you kill everybody that's down there, nobody's free. Exactly. Yeah, they don't get the choice. They don't get the choice to live or die. But I think that that's, like, all, all war, you know? Like, civilians are always, obviously, a casualty. And what is it worth? What do you is, think? Y- yeah. Freedom worth. Do you think anyone is sides with Jet that watches this episode? I'm sure. You know, the, the large group of people have seen this show. I'm sure that some people are like, uh, you know, I agree with them. You deserve some vengeance. And if, you know, the little Earth Kingdom town has to die, you know, whatever. It's fine. Get rid of the Fire Nation is what I say. Those people are the same that like, oh, I get Thanos. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Good to know. I actually liked Jet and I liked like the concept of like him standing up for what he believed in, even though it was misguided until he started manipulating Katara against Sokka. And then I was like, all right, now I like really don't like you. I didn't like him the entire time. I didn't know that like he was doing that, but I was like, why is he being such a jerk to Sokka? Why is he like trying to undermine Sokka? And Aang was kind of out of it. He was subdued by the charisma, but he's totally playing Katara. And I was like, there's nothing good can come from this. Yeah. I felt really uncomfortable at the dinner scene where he's like, Katarn Aang, you were awesome out there. And then Sokka's like, what about me? And then Jet is like, I need you on a special mission. I was like, oh, I feel so manipulated. Like, I I think, yeah, the first time that I saw this episode, I thought he was going to like take Sokka out. Like, yeah, I was like, maybe you shouldn't go. Like, don't go, don't go. Yeah. But man, use your head. Yeah. Well, he did use his head, but no one would listen to him. No one listened to his instincts. And Sokka is such a certifiable good boy, you know? Yes. He admits to kissing Gran Gran. 
You know, he's so brave. Like, Sokka's just such a sugar. Yeah, except for the sexism. But, you know, he's working through that right now. He's working through it. He's working through it. But yeah, I I like this episode. I think that it, like, dives deeper. Because I think so far the themes have been pretty obvious. Like, don't be jealous of your friends. Do the right thing. You know, but this is, like, actually, war is super complicated. And I think this is kind of a turning point in terms of adult themes. Yeah, it's it's on there with the Southern Air Temple episode. Yeah. It's like, oh, genocide and the morality of war. And yeah, it's interesting. Big Peter Pan lost boy vibes. Also, to bring in some Game of Thrones for our Game of Thrones listening fans, very brothers without banners. So they're kind of a rogue group. Oh, it's group. totally brothers without bears or ba- whatever. Banners. <laughs> banners. Banners. They're a rogue faction in Westeros that basically travel around in the same way, en- enacting their own moral code of vengeance. Yeah, and they don't so. have any bears with them. So. No bears. No bears. No, zero bears. No, the bears are all... Bear Island is where they're yeah, at, Chicago. actually. No, okay. <laughs> Chicago. Cool. So, kind of at time, any final thoughts on these last two episodes before we sign off? Probably not our best... Not, like, the best two episodes for me. I They're necessary, but I wasn't as invested in them as, as some of the previous episodes. But still, for a Nickelodeon show, and for any show... They're still very good, but not the cream of the crop of Avatar. What about you? Yeah, I'd agree with that sentiment. But yeah, I still enjoyed them and got some interesting thoughts going around them. So I think that, yeah, still very good for Nickelodeon. But we've got some real bangers coming up in the next. Well, the next episode is the fan consensus least favorite episode. Wait, what is it? What's but after that, one? the Great Divide and the Storm is going to be our next episode. Oh, why did I think the next one was the fortune teller? I don't know. I don't know either. you don't know your avatar, the last airbender. That's, that's why. why. That's why I'm here for an education. Ooh, How many times go. would you say that you've watched this whole series? Oh man. Like every episode. I've definitely watched some episodes more than others, but I'd say conservatively like 10 times an episode. That's crazy. It's not that crazy. It used to rerun on Nickelodeon all the time. So I'd have it on and I'd be like playing with my Legos or whatever. That's so cute. Okay, cool. Well, that is the end of this episode today. If you have any thoughts, anything you want to share with the class, please put them in the comments or send us a message and we will see you next time on Everything Changed.